Hello and welcome to the Statesman Sports Desk Podcast. This is Parker Ballantyne. Joining me today, uh, dear friend, editor of the Utah Statesman and longtime sports fan, basketball, football genius, Jacob Nielsen. Jacob, say hello. Hello, hello, world. Jacob, how are you doing today? You know, I'm doing pretty great. Good, yeah. good. Um, well, the, the state didn't burn down this weekend? It didn't. From we, the wildfires? Yeah, we are recording this on July 5th. And we just made it through Independence Day without burning the state to the ground, which is a good thing. That's a good thing. Um, so thank you, everyone, for, for being safe out there. We appreciate it. Um, we have a beautiful campus up here that is still standing, so that is great. Um, let's, talk, uh, let's talk some Aggie sports, Jacob. What do you think about that? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, there's a lot to get to. It's been a big week, big month, big summer, big year for Utah State sports and collegiate sports in general, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. This has been a year to remember, certainly, in a lot of different aspects. Well, uh, or a year to forget in, in a lot of aspects as well. Um, certainly a big year, lots going on for sure, lots to get to. Um, the big thing on everybody's mind right now is name, image, and likeness, NIL, as you have probably seen the headlines. We are going to get to that today, but first let's take a quick temperature check and let's just talk about how we're feeling. We are about halfway through the summer, getting getting about, what, 60 days from, from kicking off college 60 football? 60 days. 60 days from the day we're recording this. Um, so let's see, how, how are you feeling, Jacob, about just Utah State sports in, in general? How are you feeling about this upcoming season, uh, where we're at as a program, and what's, uh, what's it going to look like? I'm feeling good about it, Parker, and... I don't know if I would say I'm feeling great, like, yeah, we're going to go win the Mountain West in, in both sports, but I think that the athletic department and the fan base, they need to be comfortable with where we're at right now. Obviously, the basketball team has won three straight Mountain West, or excuse me, they've made three straight NCAA tournaments, and there's a new coach in tow, and then the football team, we got a new coach in tow in Blake Anderson, but all signs show that... Uh, we should be a little bit more competitive in football, and we should hopefully maintain that competitive competitiveness in basketball this coming season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, basketball. I mean, just looking on paper, like you like you mentioned, three straight NCAA tournament qualifications. Uh, one of those was canceled due to COVID. Two out of those three years were winning the Mountain West uh, championship. So definitely uh, have been competitive in football, or excuse me, in basketball. Coming off a a high in basketball. And certainly signs, signs pointing to continued success in basketball. We'll get more to basketball uh, later. Let's talk a little bit about football. Uh, you, think, you think we're moving up? Oh, we're moving up. <laughs> we're moving up. Well, there's not much, uh, not much worse we can do. There's, there's not much room going down, uh, that's for sure. Utah State coming off a pretty rough year, I would say, last year. A very dismal, dismal season. Dismal. Um, uh, yeah, if we're being if we're being honest, that was uh, that was a difficult season, uh, a lot going wrong for the Utah State Aggies. Uh, Blake Anderson came in; his work was uh, certainly cut out for him. And I, I will say, I feel optimistic about the football team, not just because the only way, quite literally, is up. the only, The only way to go is up, but I do feel optimistic even coming off of one of the worst points, I think. I think the lowest point in Utah State football history. Um, 
at least in recent history. There was the only the only other time I can think of that would maybe be as bad as what we just experienced would be 2006, um, when we were outscored 144 to seven in our first four games. Yeah, that's not very good. No, it wasn't. Um, all things considered, though, I I am optimistic about the football team, though. And I didn't think I would be able to honestly say that, you know, when the season concluded last year. Blake Anderson, from everything I can see, has been a great hire. And the amount of energy surrounding the program after such a bad season. And I don't mean to keep harping on our football team, but that season was bad. And we need to recognize that was a bad season to recognize really how impressive it is that there's so much energy around this program. And I think that that is that can be credited to everyone from the very top to the bottom. I think we have a great fan base uh, from the student body, the community here in Logan, the community here in uh, Cache Valley and across the state. We have extremely competent leadership from John Hartwell um, down to coaching. Uh, and I think the fact that we have such, so much energy surrounding this football program after such a terrible, terrible season last year, I think speaks volume about just the sheer competence of the people who we have in place here at Utah State. So I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm optimistic. And I, th- I think it's awesome where, where we're going. Yeah, the reason, Parker, why things are looking up is because we've been herding them up. Um, Blake Anderson, he put together an impressive staff with a strength coach from South Carolina down in the SEC and Paul Jackson. And Ephraim Banda was a co-defensive coordinator at Miami and Anthony Tucker, a co-offensive coordinator at UCF. So these are guys that have experience and they were able to come in and get some good transfers and then they were able to keep all the guys. That's something that was really big. There are a lot of seniors last year that are deciding to come back for their super senior season, including Jordan Nathan, Nick Henniger, Shaq Vaughn, because these guys just, they got a bad taste in their mouths. They don't like how last season went any more than the fans don't like it. No, that's a, that's a great point. Um, and I, I think some of those players, I think all the players that we're bringing in, all the coaches, like you mentioned, uh, Anderson has put together an all-star staff. I think the players and the coaches are hungry to get this turned around and, and win some football games. They, this is not a complacent group. This is not a group of players or coaches that are complacent coming in under 500. Uh, they don't want to come in in the bottom half of the Mountain West. This is, this is a group of competitors, and they, they want to be on top and they're they're hungry for uh for redemption those that those that came back uh that were on the on the previous team are hungry for redemption those coming in are hungry to um to help turn this ship around and and really you know put put their stamp on a rebuilding program and i'm excited to see how that can uh that combination of of personnel is going to show up in the in the win column Absolutely. And a lot of the guys, especially some of the older guys on this current roster, they were around for Jordan Love. They were around for the 11-win season. They can taste Ws. They know what it's like to have a good football program. And for that to be so fleeting like it was, just just the stark 
decline. Um, the anticipation, not the anticipation, no one's anticipating it, but the hope, the aspirations is that they can have a fast ascension back to maybe where they were. I'm not implying they're not winning 10 games. I don't even think they're going to make a bowl game this season. But the hope around the program is, hey, yeah, we're rebuilding, but this isn't a rebuilding like, all right, four years from now, we're going to have a good football team. This is a rebuilding like we just got a bunch of dudes in from the transfer portal, and we're going to go and we're going to try to win football games this fall. So I like that that's the mentality from the staff. Blake Anderson, he's not using the fact that the previous staff kind of ran the program into the ground more or less, which is we got we got to let it be known. We're a Gary Anderson podcast. Oh, big time Gary Anderson fans over here. We love Gary Anderson. The football program, we would not have that beautiful press box and all the amenities if it weren't for what he did in his first tenure. Absolutely. We were always stand for Gary Anderson, but that being said, kind of ran the program into the ground in the second round. He so. did. He did. He worked hard to erase everything he did the first time and <laughs> came back the second time. And he was not successful, I do not think. And I like that Blake Anderson is he's not he hasn't said any excuses like, hey, we weren't that good last year and so we're not gonna be that good this year and it's part of the process. He has made it clear that he wants to win now. Absolutely. Uh you mentioned Jordan Nathan. Uh, he's definitely one to to look out for this season. Electrifying talent, um, and he he like you said he's been around for a while. He's been a leader on this team for a while. I think he's one that we're going to have to look out for this season to have a have a really good year. Uh, really be able to put this team on his back, um, both in the locker room in terms of leadership and on the field in terms of uh, his his electrifying talent. Um, and like you said, Blake Anderson. Um, has not come in with any excuses. He He's here to win, and he's using well, – I don't want to talk about COVID any more than you guys want to hear me talk about COVID, but he's, he's using COVID and the chaos that it created as an opportunity rather than as an excuse. He's bringing in transfers. He's bringing in guys um, like Jacob said for their super, for their super senior year. These are opportunities that were, you know, kind of came up because of COVID uh, and because of the uh, circumstances surrounding that. And he's using that as an opportunity um, to go out and get some dogs and to, you know, put together a good lineup. And I'm excited to see what happens. Absolutely. And you mentioned Jordan Nathan. I want to give another shout out to Devin Tompkins, put his name in the transfer portal back in November and then. Blake Ganderson convinced him to come back. So he's going to be another guy that I think is going to excel in this passing offense that Kyle Cephalo and Anthony Tucker are going to have. But on top of that, there are a lot of new transfers that are going to have a serious impact on the field this season, starting first with the quarterback, Logan Bonner from Arkansas State. He's a guy... Don't kid yourself. Andrew Peasley is not going to beat him out for the job. Logan Bonner is going to be the starting quarterback if he is healthy come September. He's been in Blake Anderson's system before. He knows what the expectations are, and he's going to be the gunslinger. So get used to uh, hearing that name, Logan Bonner. Awesome. Get used to hearing that name. Um, Jacob, offense or defense, which are you more excited to see out on the field this year? Logan Bonner and his offense 
or or the defense? What are you more excited for? With all that being said, me trying to hype up the offense, the defense is what I'm more excited for. I think they have more depth. I think that they have more talent. Um, they got guys like A.J. Vonbachan. I butchered that last name. I don't know how to say his last name. I think it's Vonbachan. 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 Yeah, We're that, embarrassing ourselves. Yeah, no, it works. <laughs> it works. And then when you throw him in with guys like Justin Rice and Byron Bonds on the defensive end, these are guys that – Patrick Joyner, these are guys that are going to give some of these veterans like Nick Henniger a run for their money for the starting positions. And when you have those battles taking place in spring camp and in fall camp, like who's going to be the starting defensive end, Nick Henniger or Patrick Joyner? It just elevates just the level of play of all of them, and it just makes our team that much better. So I think the defense is who I'm most excited to see. Um, other guys, you got to bring up Cash Gilliam. He transferred out, but they came back. And Kevin Mensenheimer is another guy that's been around for a while that will make an impact. So, yeah, our front seven is, Parker, that's what I'm most excited to see and just that tenacity that they bring and the havoc that they can cause on the season. Yeah, they are big time. They are for real. Uh, one thing that we keep kind of mentioning that we haven't really talked about is all the guys that entered the transfer portal and then, then were reeled back in by Blake Anderson. Uh, let's touch on that a little bit because I think that's just one more thing that kind of speaks to what Blake Anderson is bringing to the school, bringing to this team, uh, his, his level of uh, competition, his energy, and the culture that he wants to build. Uh, because there is, uh, you would not be able to fault any of these players for leaving after the year that they had last year. I think it was emotionally uh, draining. I think it would have been, um, it would have been hard. And so to to have a year like that, you couldn't fault them for leaving. A lot of them considered it, even put their names in the portal. And when Blake Anderson got here, brought him back in. I think that's, I think that's huge. And I think that's just one more small sign that you could kind of ignore, but if you if you look at all these things, I think Blake Anderson really is doing something special up here in Logan. I think that's one thing that shows. Yeah, well, Blake is, what he's doing is he's creating an environment that the kids want to be a part of. I'm out here with some buddies last Wednesday night out on Legacy Fields playing volleyball, and all of a sudden the entire football teams came out with the coaching staff, and they were playing spike ball, and they are having a barbecue. And that's just uh, simple things like that that one, he got all the players to come have fun and that they wanted to be together and doing stuff on a summer night. Like that's an atmosphere that people want to be a part of. And that's how he was able to get some of these guys back. Not so they can play spike ball and take it easy and have a good time, but just that idea that, hey, we want to be a part of this team and we want to, this is where we want to be. We want to be in Logan. And because nobody wanted to be in Logan last fall. Maybe maybe some of the guys, but it was uh, um, that locker room was not a happy place, and there was some contention, and there was a lot going on. But now Blake Anderson and the staff, his staff, deserves so much credit. All these guys, Chucky Keaton and Kyle Seflo, all these guys for making it a place where the guys want to be and they want to be hanging out. And I think that that got some of these guys didn't get Troy Leffridge back sadly he went off to Western Kentucky but it brought cash back and it brought Devin Tompkins back so that's true he really is just building a culture that people want to be a part of 
Um, and like you said, no one wanted to be in Logan last year. A lot of issues on and off the field. Uh, we don't have to get too much into that because it's in the past, and I don't want to talk about that season much more than we have to. But absolutely, just in terms of the contrast, it, it's worth mentioning, like I said at the, at the top of the show, it's worth mentioning how bad last year was just to contrast that with what we're, what we're seeing right now. Uh, you're seeing players and coaches buy in. You're seeing that they want to be a part of the program. Uh, and quite frankly, the fans should want to be a part of this too, and I think they do. Like I said, the energy is, is impressive. The fans are, are all in and the community seems to be getting behind it and that's I, I think I think everyone can kind of sense that Blake Anderson is up to something here in Logan and we all want to be a part of it he's creating that environment in the locker room and in the stands and that's that's huge that's all you can ask for from a coach is to create an environment where players and, and fans want to be a part of something big Byron Vaughn's transferred from Texas he was riding his little motorcycle down Main Street yesterday for the 4th of July parade, throwing candy out to people, having a great time. One of our leaders on the defense is here in Logan in the middle of July, having fun with the community. That's got to be a good sign. That's, that's, that's got to be a good sign. I, I think that's a good point. Um, cool. So, we yeah, let's, let's go ahead and get ready to wrap up this segment and move into our NIL. Um, but first, let's just t- touch briefly on basketball. We, we mentioned at the top uh, things are looking pretty good. Um, Real quick, Jacob, what's uh, what are you excited about on on the court? Uh, we're going to be talking a lot about this more later on, but real quick, um, what what has your attention right now? I'm really excited for these two kids from UMBC that came with Coach O, R.J. Edelrock, and Brandon Horvath, two first team All American East guys. Brandon Horvath is a three and D guy that can rebound, that can shoot threes. R.J. Edelrock, he's going to get it done on defense. He's going to score points. He averaged like 14 points at UMBC. I know they came from a low major program now to a mid-major, but those are two guys that are going to replace a lot of the the scoring and a lot of the the impact that we've lost over the, the offseason. Yeah, those two are, those two are ballers. Um, basketball, it, it should be fun this year. we got Justin Bean returning. Uh, it's worth mentioning Coach Smith uh, went ahead and uh, took off, uh, signed himself a bigger paycheck down at the U, and that's where he will be coaching. Could have been a legend, Craig. Should have stayed. Could have <laughs> been a legend. He could have. Um, Kada also left to join the NBA, so we will be monitoring that situation closely as well. But, yeah, definitely uh, definitely excited for Justin Bean, uh, Coach Ryan Odin, Ro- Ryan Odom coming in. Uh, I'm, I'm expecting big things from basketball as well. Absolutely. Yeah, there might be a little bit of a drop, drop off with the Ketagon, but I don't think that there'll be a drop off in the expectation from going from Coach Smith to Coach Odom. So. I agree. I think, I think the, the community, the fans, the students expect uh, winning basketball as they have for generations um, here in, in the Valley. That is going to continue as, as well it should. Amen. All right, shifting gears here just a little bit on the Statesman Sports Desk podcast. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit of NIL, uh, definitely headlining the news right now, sports and even non-sports headlines. Uh, It's a pretty big deal going on in the world, uh, and we are going to talk about it. If you haven't already, 
Jacob Nielsen has a great piece on this. Go ahead and check it out, usustatesman.com. Check out that if you haven't already. Great piece going over um, NIL. He talks to our athletic director, John Hartwell, um, who has who has some thoughts on that as well. So uh, head over to the website, check that out. Um, Jacob, let's go ahead. Let's dive right in. Let's talk NIL. Um, you, as many sports fans probably were, uh, you were probably following this uh, somewhat closely, saw this coming. What were your thoughts leading up to and during these changes over the past uh, weeks uh, and months? What, what was your initial reaction to all this happening? Well, it's a great change for the student-athletes, first and foremost. But it was interesting the steps that came for it to come to fruition. And pretty much what happened was the NCAA they got their backs against the wall because what went down is they had this uh, Supreme Court case for the, the Alston case. The right? Alston case. Look yeah. it up. Look it up. The Alston Look it up. case. Good stuff. Interesting stuff. Which wasn't actually completely about NIL. It was about certain benefits such as internships and other things. It wasn't. It didn't cover this whole umbrella. But when the Supreme Court, the 9-0 decision in favor of this Alston dude, right? That's his name, Alston? Yeah, De- uh, Alston. Not to be confused with Derek Alston Jr. up at Boise State. Jar Jar uh, diff- Binks. Different, yeah, different, different Alston. Um, but, yeah, it, it, from my understanding, it had more to do with uh, the benefits that schools were allowed to provide, uh, such as laptops, transportation, things like that, is what the case had, had more to do with. But the significance of that was it set a precedent that, Supreme Court was not back in the NCAA. Brett Kavanaugh, he said after this that he thought what the NCAA was doing would be illegal in any other industry in America, which was pretty crazy to say. So he had that, and then you had, I want to say it was 11 or 12 states that were bringing laws. They had, the leg- legislation had passed laws to have NIL abilities open for student athletes and those were going into effect on July 1st so the NCAA to save their reputation to have people still take them seriously this was the move they signed out a press release eight hours before midnight on July 1st like hey we're gonna we're gonna do this now so it's really exciting um and came together fairly quickly but it was time it was far overdue time certainly certainly it was time certainly overdue uh I appreciate the way you framed that in in terms of the NCAA. The NCAA was really just trying to save face. Uh, a lot of people out there are giving the NCAA way too much credit for this case. The reality is you had a 9-0 decision coming down from the Supreme Court basically telling the NCAA that the way that they were treating student-athletes is inappropriate, which it is, and telling, um, stu- you know, uh, t- telling the NCAA that they need to uh, to shape up, which they which they did. Um, a lot of people are, you know, talking about this player, that player. Reggie Bush has been in in the conversation, talking about you know, oh, Reggie Bush was so ahead of his time. That's not the case. The NCAA is just behind at times by about fifty years. But regardless, at any rate, w- such a huge change, such a good change for the student athletes. That's who it's all about, anyways. Um, for them to be able to profit off of their name, their image, their likeness. That's really what it comes down to is them being able to um, profit 
you know, to get basically something other than a scholarship. So they can now accept uh, corporate sponsorship deals. Um, they can accept from the schools uh, things like laptops and other things um, that are relevant to education. Uh, all of that's kind of coming down at the same time, which is really good for the student-athletes. Um, anyone who enjoys and watches college sports knows how hard these guys work, um, guys, uh, guys and girls work, and they certainly deserve to profit off their own name, image, and likeness. So this, this was a huge step in the right direction, and like Jacob said, a little bit overdue, but, um, but huge. Uh, great change in, in, in sports. Parker, well, I want to regale you with the story of my man, Wes Santee. Do you know who Wes Santee is? I don't. Why don't you, uh, why don't you tell me? All right. Wes Santee, he was born in 1932, and he was a long-distance runner for the University of Kansas in the 50s, early 50s. And he, at one point, had the fastest mile in the world at 401. He was in a three-way competition to break the four-minute mile with a guy from Australia named John Landy, and then a guy who you might have heard his name, Roger Bannister. We, we, yep, we've heard, uh, we've heard Roger Bannister from England. before. Yep, so they're in a three-way race. Roger Bannister finally breaks it. That's what everyone knows about. He breaks it, runs a four, excuse me, not a 459. I've, I've ran faster than a 459. <laughs> anyone can do that. Uh, not anyone. But Not anyone. I, I'm right here <laughs> across the table from you, and I cannot run that fast. Uh, me neither. Not right now, but... <laughs> 3.59 he runs, sets the precedent. What people don't know, John Landy in Australia, he goes the next week. One week later, he runs a 3.57. I promise this all ties back in. So Wes Santee, destroying everyone at the NCAA competition level, he really wants to race these guys because he's ran a 4.01 without any competition pretty much for his whole career. So they decide we're going to do a race in British Columbia in Canada. Wes Santee, John Landy, Roger Bannister, it's all going down. Who's the best mile runner in the world? John Landy, Roger Bannister, they're there. They're ready to roll. Wes Santee's trying to go. But guess what happens? I think the NCAA probably had something to say about that. Yep, the NCAA said, absolutely not. You are not going to be competing in this. Even if you don't make any money, you are in our organization. You will no longer be able to compete if you go up to this race. And I don't know, just stuff like that, the NCAA... They've been screwing over amateur athletes since 1950. So they're still going to be screwing over amateur athletes one way or the other. But this is a fantastic victory for the student athletes, and they have a chance to profit off their name, image, and likeness. So Wes Santee, shout out to you, my friend. I'm sure you're smiling up there. Dad in 2010. But, yeah, so uh, I'm stoked about this. No, that's, a, that's an awesome story. Uh, and it really just goes to show the grip. Uh, and the power that the NCAA has had for a long time. So this decision, this change has been a long time coming. Should not be surprised. Uh, and one thing I think worth mentioning, worth clearing up, the athletes are not being compensated or paid. That's still not allowed. That still will not happen um, publicly anyways. Um, so it, it's it's different. A lot of times you get, get these uh, arguments against um, players being compensated. That's not at all what's happening right now. All that's happening is they're now allowed to um, profit off their own name, their own image, their own likeness. So things like selling their own autograph they can do. They can sign uh, sponsorship deals, things like that. The schools are not paying a salary 
uh, like they do in the NBA and NFL. Just to just to clear up any confusion that might uh, might be floating around there with uh, with the NIL. So let's talk a little bit about who the who these rules are really going to 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 benefit the most. So Jacob, looking forward, uh, just on a broad scale across the country. Uh, what are your expectations? What are your hopes? And who who are the big winners with these uh, with these changes? There's not going to be a lot of change for a lot of these programs um, in terms of major big money opportunities, but it'll affect smaller Olympic sports in terms of hey, I, I'm a college athlete, I can run a club and get paid for it. Little things like that. But in terms of people that are going to get corporate sponsorships, that are going to be on commercials, that are going to have an ad in the paper that's going to be the revenue sports. And so at most institutions, that's going to be the football team and the basketball team. And I think that that will uh, hold true at Utah State. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be all-American basketball players cruising into Kentucky and Kansas for their freshman year. It's going to be the Heisman contending quarterbacks. They're the, going to be the people making headlines, and then it's kind of going to trickle down from there. I think you're absolutely right. I think the uh, the headliners, the big All-Americans at uh, Blue Blood schools are definitely going to be uh, some of the winners. Uh, I think there's there's two groups of student-athletes that are really going to be able to take advantage of this, um, these new rules, and be able to uh, to really come out um, better. I think, like, like you mentioned, it's going to be the All-Americans. It's going to be, you know, Alabama's quarterback, uh, Oklahoma's quarterback, whoever that is, any given year is going to be signing a nice deal. Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma just signed a deal with Raising Canes. Um, We're a Raising Canes podcast. We are a Raising Canes podcast. We're pretty jealous of Spencer Rattler. And if Raising Canes wants to sponsor a podcast, uh, let it be known we are open for endorsements from, from Raising Canes. Um, but obviously those those that caliber of athlete is going to be a winner. Uh, but the other group I think that's going to win are the athletes that wouldn't be making money anyways. Um I think it's the athletes that have been forgotten by certain schools. Uh, it's no secret that there are a lot of schools out there that do not treat their women's sports teams equally or fairly. Like, well, you know, I'll just say it how it is. There's a lot of women's sports teams out there that are not given the resources that, that they need. And now those girls who work just as hard as the guys uh, can go out there, earn their own deals. Uh, the twins up at Fresno, the Cavender twins, I think is their last name, if I'm saying that right. Um, they have this massive platform, massive following on TikTok, on social media, and until until now, they weren't really able to use that in a way that actually had any tangible benefits for them. And I think those are the athletes that are really going to be able to take this and run with it. Um, so the Cavender Twins, just uh, one, one um, case to keep your eye on. It's happening here in the conference. It's unfolding as we speak. Um, but I think it's going to be really, it's going to be fun for the fans to watch how some of these athletes can take advantage of these new rules and build their own personal brand. Um, and I think that's that. Th- those are the other, the other players that are going to win. You know, the other, um, those players that are not at the caliber where they'd make money playing their sport any other way, uh, the athletes that have been forgotten by their schools, the athletes who play sports, like you mentioned, the Olympic sports that might be, um, otherwise forgotten, I think there's going to be an opportunity for them to go out and make money on their on their brand, whether it's um, their TikTok following, their Instagram following, 
Um, it's just it's just so it's huge for these athletes to have the freedom that really everybody else has that the NCAA was not allowing students to have because they you know could shoot a basketball or run really fast. Um, so it seems a little bit backwards that they were uh, having opportunities restricted simply for being more talented than the rest of us. So I think it's it's great that they now have the freedom to you know go out and make a profit. Absolutely. Another example is Olivia Dunn. She's a gymnast at LSU and she has a mega following on her TikTok platform and her Instagram. And if she was any other person, not a part of the NCAA, she could have already be making thousands, if not millions of dollars every year. And now she finally has that opportunity. So it is a great thing. What I'm really interested is how it's going to impact our student athletes here on a local level in Logan and who is actually going to be able to get a deal. Yeah, let's let's talk let's talk our Aggie athletes because this is what we this is what we're watching, this is what we're waiting for. As of right now, I'm unaware of any deals that have been signed by an Aggie athlete. Is that is that up-to-date information, Jacob? I am unaware as well of anything that's been signed. I believe that nothing has been signed, but that's not confirmation. That's my own personal opinion. Here's a couple of things we do know. Justin Bean, the fan favorite on the basketball team, he has been in communication with certain companies that he has not disclosed, but he has admitted that he has some opportunities brewing, so keep an eye out for that. Justin Bean, he might end up on a billboard on Main Street. or I mean, he's got it. He's got to sign with some local bean company, right? We got any any refried bean companies up here? Uh, we don't, but I he's got to. I think he's got to get somebody. Let's get Bushes on the phone. Bushes baked beans. That's a that's a national company. They should sign Justin Bean. He's the man. A hundred percent. Yeah, the they man. have to. So as of right now, um, as of the time we are recording this podcast, no deals have been signed by uh, Aggie athletes yet that we know of. That's definitely going to change. It's not going to stay that way for long. There are a lot of local companies here in the Valley, um, Salt Lake-based companies, Utah-based companies that that will be interested. Utah State carries a strong brand. The athletes carry a strong brand. That's going to change. Like That's not going to stay. Someone will sign. Yeah, and it should only grow. I want to give a shout-out to new transfer linebacker Byron Vons. He was at the 4th of July parade riding his motorcycle. I think I actually already mentioned this, but... He told me that, hey, I haven't signed with anybody, but I got to get myself out there. I got to get my face out in the community so people know that I'm here and they want to sponsor me. So I think that that was that's pretty smart on him. He's kind of marketing himself a little bit, and we'll see maybe some other creative things that some of these athletes come up with. Absolutely. He's, he's going to have a great opportunity to introduce himself to the community this fall, um, and I expect big things from him. Uh, Stephen Ashworth, I know, has been pretty vocal on Twitter about opening, uh, being open to endorsement deals. Justin Bean, you mentioned as well. So the Aggie athletes are ready for it. Utah State is ready for it. Uh, John Hartwell, I, there is no one I would want at the helm more than John Hartwell during this time. Um, because at the end of the day, uh, as he mentioned, you know, this could be, uh, this could be something that pulls money from certain schools. It could be something that hurts certain schools if they're not ready. Uh, and I think there's going to be some schools that, quite frankly, botch this opportunity. And I think it's going to be interesting to see there are going to be some uh, some schools that um, 
they're going to be hurt by their inability to handle this change. And I don't think Utah State's one of them. I, I trust John Hartwell. He's been he's been fantastic in his years up at up at Utah State so far, and I think he has a great team together to help navigate through these changes. And this this might be the biggest change in college sports in in a long long time. Everything indicates that Utah State is ready for this. They did not go public with everything that they were doing quite like uh, Brigham Young did down in Provo or the University of Utah, but John Hartwell sent out a letter to all the student athletes on Wednesday last week that would have been June 30th, right before this came into effect. And in the letter, he said that they were implementing a new development program called A-Game, which will include mandatory meetings that discuss, quote, personal brand development, financial literacy, establishing a business slash brand, time management, and NCAA rules. So they have said that if you sign a deal, you got to go through the university. They got to sign off on it. And there's certain things that you can't sign deals with, such as like tobacco and adult entertainment, things that are pretty consistent across the country. So they're already on top of it with uh, setting some guidelines, some regulations, and they're willing to help the student athletes, not help them find endorsement deals that would be illegal, but help them understand how they can better position themselves to make money for themselves. And that's, that's a great point. That's a huge thing I think that Utah State can do. Uh, and quite frankly, I hope schools across the country do that. Uh, the last thing you want to see as a fan and, and just as a person is to have a bunch of student athletes signing big deals and then uh, to get screwed over in terms of taxes or, or things like that. So you really hope the, the universities find a way to support their students. Uh, it seems to be that Utah State is doing that, which is, which is awesome. Um, uh, but it is going to be interesting to see what, what rules start to uh, unfold as far as building your personal brand where it might be in competition with the brand of the athletic department. John Hartwell mentioned it. Uh, we are a Nike school. Uh, Utah State is sponsored by Nike. Our athletic teams wear Nike. That's going to, you know, that's going to have that's going to be prohibitive on the student athletes that can't then sign um, with competing with competing brands. Um, so it's going to be interesting where some of those lines are drawn. Maverick, um, fantastic gas station up here in the valley, number one gas station in the valley. Um, 7-Eleven might have something to say about that. But. The, the one 7-Eleven left in the Valley that Maverick has not taken over yet might have something to say with that. Um, no, but Maverick has, has the name rights to the football stadium. Maverick has a great corporate relationship with Utah State University and with, the, with the athletic program. It's going to be interesting to see, is that something that interferes with uh, student-athletes signing with, uh, for example, a different um, gas station? It's going to be really interesting to watch this as it unfolds here on the, on the national level and in the Valley at Utah State. Uh, what brands are going to be interested in Utah State athletes? What brands are Utah State athletes going to be interested in? And where it all lands. It's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a wild ride. And it's going to be, it's good for the fans. It's good for the athletes. It maybe is bad for the NCAA. Doesn't matter. It's good for the athletes, good for the fans. That's all that matters. And the NCAA will find a way to make money anyways. They'll be just fine. People are still going to be watching games on TV butts will still be in seats. This isn't going to be changing too much. One thing I, I want to say regarding the sponsorship is, at least at Utah State, I don't know if this is 
everywhere, but student athletes aren't allowed to rep Utah State Apparel in their individual promotions. That, that's so, an NCAA rule. Yeah. Is that an NCAA rule? Yeah. Okay. So that would align with if uh, if Brock Miller wants to go sponsor a Slurpee at 7-Eleven and it's a rival of Maverick, he can do that. It's okay because it's his own brand. It's not in conflict with the university. So, yeah, that's what i got to say about that. But It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. I want I want cardboard cutouts of Brock Miller at every grocery store in the Valley. I, I just want Brock Miller everywhere. <laughs> just... <laughs> Yeah, we just want giant, just life-size posters of just his beautiful bald head just strewn across the valley. Throw it in reams, throw it in lees. We want it everywhere, baby. Get us Brock Miller. If you are a grocery store owner in the valley and you're listening to this, get Brock Miller on the phone. We're a Brock Miller podcast. We love Brock Miller. He's a good dude, actually. He's a a good basketball player. He's a good dude. He's a really good dude. we, We like Brock Miller. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. I, I want him in every grocery store. Great perimeter defender. He is. His perimeter defense is underrated. Absolutely underrated. We're, we're getting off topic right now, but his, his perimeter defense is fantastic. And his three-point percentage improved from his sophomore to junior year, and it will improve to his, to his senior year. Mark my words. But, he's he's going to be good. Yep. Back um, to NIL. Back to NIL. Last thing that I want to mention regarding this topic is – what you mentioned earlier, but where do we draw the line with this? And with that, I think it's going to be really interesting how universities try to bend the rules slash completely break the rules because the NCAA pretty much is having the schools regulate themselves. And if you're having schools regulate themselves, then they're, they're going to do whatever they want, right? So John Hartwell actually told me something that a concern of his was, and just a quick quote here. John Hartwell told me, quote, because the parameters are pretty broad right now and there is opportunity for boosters to be involved, I do worry about schools across the country and potentially with some of our competitors utilizing donors to entice student athletes. So what do you think about that? I think I know who he's talking about. And who would that be? Can I say it on air? Go for it. We're BYU. We are not a BYU podcast. I think he's talking about BYU. Yeah, it's possible. He, they they uh, they have some uh, donors with deep pockets. They certainly there. did. I mean, they the U does too, but BYU is different. Private school, close close ties to the the church. It's different. I think he's talking about BYU. Yeah. Um, so, boosters are still not allowed to take athletes to Lumineers concerts. I think Disney World. Disney World. No more buying people cars. Can't buy them Jettas. Can't buy them cars. Yep. It's got to be, it can't, it's got to be fair market value. That's kind of the word that's been thrown around, right? Like they actually have to do work for something they're getting into. It's still, it's not just you get these free gifts. And so that'll be interesting to see if people adhere to that and how it will affect recruiting and whatnot. It is. It's going to be interesting. Um, There's going to be cases that are not, like you said, someone's going to abuse it. There are going to be programs and teams that abuse it. Uh, it's going to take it's going to take a few years to get this all ironed out. I think it was John Hartwell actually that compared it to the Wild West, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, there's uh, it's a brand new horizon, uh, new rules. Sometimes no rules. Lots and lots of gray area, and it's it's the Wild West, and it's going to be fun. It's good for the athletes though, and that's really what it comes down to. It's, it's worth it because it's good for the athletes. 
Yep, I think it's as simple as that. This is what the NCAA and college sports is about. It's about the individuals. They put in the work. They are who make it great. And so they just have a little bit of freedom to live their lives. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll keep monitoring the situation. Hopefully we can get some deals for Utah State athletes pretty soon. Hopefully that starts happening soon. Uh, when it does, we will be on top of it. Uh, make sure you are following Jacob Nielsen on Twitter. Make sure you're following the Statesman Sports Desk, the Statesman. Um, make sure you're following my boy P-Shark on Twitter as well. You can follow me as well. Jacob, drop your handle. What's your handle? At Jacob Nielsen 12 N-I-E-L-S-O-N. And I am at P-Shark 14. The Statesman is just Statesman Sports. I believe so. And the Statesman is just Utah Statesman? Yep, Utah Statesman. You'll find it. You'll find us. Give us a follow, give Jacob a follow, give the statesman a follow, and we will keep these uh, keep keep the information coming to you as we get it. Um, Jacob, we're getting ready to sign off. Do you have anything else to say about NIL? Um, anything about Brock Miller being in grocery stores? Anything else you wanna you wanna say? I think that about does it. But you know, yeah, shout outs to Brock Miller, raising canes. We need a raising canes in Logan. I forgot about raising canes. I think that's something that raising I'm gonna canes push for. It's in South Jordan. It's got to come to Logan. Raising Canes needs to be in Logan. And, yeah, what if we could get Brock Miller to sponsor Raising Canes? I think that might work. Spencer Rattler and Brock Miller together. That, they, could, they could be like cousins. I could see it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that would just be just such a killer duo. I hope they're listening. I hope Raising Canes is listening right now. Yeah, they better be. I just made them like $100 million. Easy. Boom. You're welcome. Thanks for listening. We'll be back.